Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been too long. Too long. It has been way too long since we've been uh, in your face with that bass. Whoa. See, that's how bad it is. My intros are horrible. <laughs> They're wretched. Welcome to the House of Common Show. No long talk. We don't have a lot of time. We're, we're on truncated time. It is so great to be back with you. There's not all of us here. It's myself. Bart is here. Tim is here. Stefan's going to be joining us in a little bit. It is just, it's just real, wicked awesome to be back, uh, back doing what we love to do, in which is capacity. educating you, the, the neighbors of the House of Co- Common. Uh, quick program note, this is not season three. Womp womp. We are currently working with the other guys, contract disputes. O'Shea hates Calvin, who hates Andrew, who hates Kareem, yet Andrew and Kareem work in the same space. Um you know, Andrew signed uh, 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 Adam signed on to the Lakers. I heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, there's all this whole free agency stuff. Um, Jason literally walked off set the other time wow. we were trying to record. It's, it's a mess. So we're, we're so <laughs> it's it's not that bad. The group chat is still alive. We're out here. We're chatting. We're talking every day. We're just trying to figure out how we get season three rolling. So this is technically season two point five. We had a conversation in October of, of no, in August of this past year. Um, we did a Don to chat. It was myself, Calvin, Bart, and Stefan. Uh, Lion chat, no long talk chat, whatever it is. And we we just kind of reviewed Donda and Kanye West stuff. The now Grammy-nominated album of the year, Donda by Kanye West, we should say. People who hated on it before, eat your words. This is now season, season 2.5, essentially, some bonus episodes. We are in the midst of working out what season three looks like. But in the meantime, program, no, you can go back in the archives on Spotify or on Apple, Apple Podcasts, and you can listen to season one and season two of the House of Common Show. You can walk, watch us go through um, essentially the racial unrest of the summer of 2020 mm. and then us kind of cho- choose our own adventure of season two. <laughs> That sort of mode. You can also find a lot of our video archives, our TV show, and our live show that we did for season two, all on YouTube. Search towards House of Common Show, so you can subscribe, podcast wise, to all and catch up on all the old stuff. Or in anticipation, no different than somebody watching all of the Spider Man to get ready for Spider Man, Spider Man No Way Home. You can right now listen back to all season one and season two to get ready for the eventual. Mm. We're hoping for. Mm. Season three. Inevitable. And if you want season three, <laughs> go out there on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and demand it. Demand the product from the Mandem. Get us to demand the product. Subs. Telling you, because we got that, we got that fire. We got that fire. Jeez. We're just kind of tra- freaking out what the show will look like. Is it gonna be um episodic? Is it gonna be just a kind of a run-of-the-mill story of the week? We're trying to figure out what we want season three to look like. So make sure, let us know what you're looking for so we can get that product back on the streets, get that heat back on the streets, because we know you miss us. <laughs> we know you want to hear from us, and we want to get that heat out to you. We got that pandemic. Speaking of shows, <laughs> that'd be good. Listen, trying to do a show when there's no pandemic is a lot harder than trying to do a show when we're all I, w- I was referring to Tell our product um, from The Wire, the pandemic. I got that pandemic. WMD. WMD. Yo, meet me in Amsterdam. <laughs> we got that Amsterdam, for you. Amsterdam, baby. Amsterdam. <laughs> Anybody who's watched season three of The Wire, you oh, know or, yo, the no long talk. You already know what that is. You already know what that is. Speaking of episodic shows, something that we were all kind of, I'll use the word raptured up by, mm. was the episodic podcast called The Rise and Fall 
of Mars Hill. A fascinating uh, description and a deep dive into the beginning stages of the Mars Hill Church out in Seattle, Washington. It's heyday at the top of the mountain, kind of setting culture for churches. Their voice when it comes to, or when it came to rather, the reform tradition, the reform movement, the the movement of complementarianism, the movement of celebrity pastoral culture, because there wasn't, there probably wasn't anybody as big on these streets for a for a good six, seven, eight years than Mark Driscoll out there. He was like, he was the Eminem, the Drake, the whoever was the biggest of the time <laughs> that to Mark Driscoll was. And then as quickly as it opened up, as Jay-Z would say on the song, Encore, grand opening, mm-hmm. grand closing. closing. It shut down, shut down, yeah, shut down, shut down. <laughs> and and so we want to talk about, we, we want to do this re- review. We want to talk a little bit about the episode. We want to talk a little bit about what episode steps out to us, what we, what we thought about it, what we learned about it, what we learned about the church in general right now. And so, gentlemen, I pose a question to you. Timothy, I pose a question to you first, looking so, you know, looking so handsome in his glasses and his tube, looking like a, like a bohemian right now. Tim, you know, what stood out to you first about from from the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast? Oh, you know, it's good when he sighs. You yeah. know, it's good. And Tim, I don't know where your camera is, and but I hope you're here. And then you're going to hear, you know, the thing is. I am here. I am here. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> if there was a drinking game, you would be drunk by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss you, Tim. I miss you so much. Uh. I would say the thing that uh, stood out to me was uh, being able to hear the stories of those that were impacted, uh, those that um, had to deal with the fallout, um, especially as for it's like as we go through, it's like we see uh, Mark slowly fade just before the bomb drops. Uh, It's one of those things that and then. It's also something where he then bows out and makes it to be as of as if it's something that he is out to save himself. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was great to be able to see the the fallout itself. I myself uh, remember being in Bible college when uh, Mark Driscoll was the thing, uh, and it was everything that he was saying, and uh, the resurgence was definitely having an impact, especially within uh, the the charismatic circle that I exist in and like, everyone's like, it's like, it's like five points, five points, five points. And it's like, yo, I want to be, <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> my guy, Mark. And then it's like the, the conversations also in class where you have guys that are standing up, taking a stand uh, on the compliment, complimentarian bend mm. and they're unashamed. Uh, they mm. themselves uh, feel like they got someone that's got their back. Uh, and that itself yeah. was uh, one of those things. And so to be able to see it uh, play out, that was one of the things that uh, I myself uh, enjoyed, the human element. Uh, and the narrator itself, his vocal gate itself, I would say is perfect for yeah. this podcast. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Big time. Talk to me, my man. Um, yeah. First off, Bart, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm just, I, listen, man, I was having your face, homie. You already know what it is. You already know what it is. You already know. You fam. already know what it is. I was, I was, more life, more life, more life, more life. 
More like, more like, we're out here, we out here, gang, gang. Mark, Mark. So, what, what stood out to you? What was like? What was the? What was the? You know, if you were gonna wrap, you know, review this sort, this sort yeah. of thing. I, I gotta say, it's the kind of the whole narrative. Um, you know, many years ago, at this point, over a decade, I was a part of a church very similar to this type of church. Um, and in the last episode of the aftermath, where one of the quotes they say, you know, they mention, I forget who was talking, but they're saying, hey, Mark used to always talk about how, you know, there was a special protection over Mars Hill. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, he felt almost nervous or scared um, of this, like, you know, leaving or anything beyond that. And <clears throat> that's something that I had to deal with myself because the 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 church in question that I also attended had a very, very strong message of this is it. This is where God is moving. And so people were afraid to leave because they were so tied to the leadership, the charismatic style. So just the, the biggest highlight for me was like, whoa, at the same time that I was, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, glorifying this ministry in, in Seattle, while going through my own trauma, thinking that everything would be good, uh, you know, it, it turns out that it was parallel stories. And the biggest yeah. takeaway was, wow, I wasn't alone. This is something that is prevalent in culture, in church. Um, and the whole notion of celebrityism and, you know, what that, what that, uh, 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 fallout looks like in regular people's day-to-day -day, that's huge um just the amount of testimony you know people's stories is what i mean by that um who were in love infatuated with the idea the notion and then also then also so let down and disappointed and hurt and technically abused by the exact same thing that's a major major parallel to my own life a parallel that i you can see had such a big ripple effect that's like the biggest highlight i'm just like man a we have this similar story that i'm sure more than what we even know have and then b is you you know what does this mean for individual people who are looking to deepen their faith and how do we then progress um or evolve the movement of quote-unquote religion, if that even is a concept, we'll talk about that later, um, how do we then move those pieces forward into a way that is more organic into what Christ has designed for the individual to um, deepen themselves in the connection with God? So I think those parallels at the same time are like the biggest thing I always think about, especially when I suggest this show to people to listen to, which I have done a lot, because I'm like, are you not listening to this? Have you heard this? This is crazy. Um, just be, and uh, to, in fairness, it's almost felt like gossip because the most of the time, the people that I'm re referring this to are people that I also went to the same church as me way back, you know, all those years. I'm just like, like they were going through it too. Like, like it was all of us, you know, going through. It. <laughs> like, are you listening to this? Tell me how this is not like word for word. If, you know, Christianity Today came around uh, uh, Toronto area, yo, we could have a story right now. So it, it was a bit of like, oh, my gosh, are you listening to this? But at the same time, it was like, oh, my gosh, like, yo, this, this, is, this is huge because so many people looked up to this church.
Yeah, like I, you know, when I think of, you know, recapping the entire series, it's one, I think, you you know, in our group chat, especially, we've all kind of shared stories, either stories that we've experienced ourselves or stories that we've heard of, of churches that are like this. Mm-hmm. But there's no, but it, but it, we're just kind of sharing our own wounds, right? We're just kind of like, oh, check out, oh, you got a knee scar? Oh, check out my elbow when I <laughs> fell down. Check out this, check out that. Like, blah, blah, blah. We're kind of sharing that story. It's a whole other thing when it becomes something where it becomes public. And the tough part about the, the listen was that there were some, you know, there's the episode where they're talking about the baptisms and people, they're having to drive to Walmart to go get towels because people are being baptized and this worship leader is looking over and his daughter gets baptized and he's freaking out because like, and like both things are happening congruently at the exact same time. And that, I found that really hard to kind of like make sense of in Bro, my mind that both so these things were happening at the exact same time. <laughs> because we would think that if this, if this is an abusive environment, like nothing good is happening. It's all bad. It's all this. But like people were still, you know, experiencing Jesus. People were still, you know, growing in discipleship. People, you know, like it's just crazy. People are getting baptized. Yep. They're planting churches, all this sort the of rain stuff. Falls the rain falls on the just and the unjust, weird. man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like this, like we, we, we always like, oh, yeah, you know, but scripture is real. Scripture is real. Fact. Scripture is real. <laughs> you get me? You get me? <laughs> and like they're happening at the exact, they're just weird underbelly. Of you know, like NDAs and people getting fired and the celebrity church culture and all sorts of stuff. We'll talk about NDAs in a little bit. That's where I stuff. got, I got but so like much all smoke. happening. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to. But it's all happening in the in the undercurrent. And at the same time, then people are getting experiencing Jesus. Yes. And people and and you know, in at the beginning stages. You know, because this was the big concern that men were taking responsibility and serving their homes and serving their 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 families. It's only later on that that became abused. But at the beginning, men were like all it's like both these things were happening congruently. And my brain just hurts trying to kind of like figure it out. And I remember uh, the other thing that too is I remember simply putting like I don't use Facebook a lot. Who would? But I remember put, <laughs> posting on Facebook pretty well saying just literally saying. Um, the rise in Mars Hill, rise and fall of Mars Hill. That's the post, and watching the responses underwards and under it, and then some people were like, "Yo, this is gossip. I don't know if I can watch it. It feels wrong <laughs> to do this. It feels wrong to watch it." And other people were like, "Yo, let me tell you the tea. Let me tell you the tea that happened in my church. Let me tell you the tea that happened at, 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 with this person. Let me tell you the tea about this leader redacted from the record. Who was it? This. Let me tell you. The re- let me tell Art you about redacted the from the chat. record." <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about redacted from the record who works at redacted on the record on the streets of redacted from redacted from let me tell you about that person you know you get me Yo. and both those things were happening at the same time there's some people who are right quick to 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 agree and throw people under the bus and then there are other people who are like i don't feel comfortable listening to this show because it feels wrong and and trying to make both of those things make sense at the exact same time was so at least for me was so 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 strange uh, Bart, what would if you you know looking back on on the episodes? What was, what was an episode that you remember like that stood out to you? I forget the episode, but it's just more of the story, and it's the of the one of the first yeah, yeah, yeah. episode or story yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the yes, story where they talk about the first band that they had and how he went oh and yeah, they yeah, went yeah. Up to the eat, they could, yeah 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 and then they, he paid for the money. Uh, he paid the money for their rent or for their tour or something like that. The money he had just received from speaking, 
<clears throat> he then gives off to them. And again, so much of this is parallel to my own life story. So a lot of this has to, the things that stick out to me are the things I'm just like, damn, those the similarities <laughs> are so uncanny. I remember I was in the seventh grade. I just went to a music recital um, and, and the pastor in question, again, redacted from, redacted from the records, um, <laughs> redacted from the records, came, he came, the pastor of the church came to my recital, okay, of music. I was playing the clarinet. Yo, big shot that thing, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> let's go, let's go. Let's go. And, and afterwards, he took me out to, uh, what's it called? Outback. And he told me how proud he was of me. Um, he, how he, he sees the stuff I'm doing. He sees, like, he talks about, like, how he, they're just starting this church. It's planting, all this type of stuff. It's new. He sees that I have this zeal, this fire for God. So he wants me to take on more responsibility, leadership, quote, unquote, all these different things. And he starts, he knew that I had like a girlfriend in the youth group, all that kind of stuff. He starts planning out my life. He, he starts talking about how, you know, you can make, if you were to get married, this is how you can do all these things, you know, and there's nothing wrong with getting married young, all this type of stuff. And the reason why I bring that up is not to, to switch the focus. The reason why I bring that up is how early <clears throat> these conversations and the, these ties come in. And they normally start from a very safe space. Mm. Um, I genuinely believe, you know, that my pastor at the time loved and cared for me and he wanted to build something. And he's like, I need people like that in my corner. Somebody who has lots of capacity, who gets it, who I can show the quote unquote <laughs> ropes to and how we can build and build something. And the, the early episodes where Mark is going out to people and doing these great things. I think there was a same, similar story. It was, these episodes could be close together, if not the same episode, where <clears throat> they, the wife was leaving the husband or she was something bad had happened and he went. she went to Mark's house and Mark got her some tea with some rum and they just hung yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. They just hung out. And you see, like, there is a point where at the beginning stages, things are more easy to navigate because it's like, Hey, we need, we genuinely need you. And I genuinely care for you. So let's do this for each other. You, you need something. Let me care for you. And then I need something. You, you help me with that. We're building something, but when things get so big, and this can be a conversation all on its own, when church specifically gets so big, it gets so much more infinitely more complicated because now it's about budgets and book releases, and now it's about HR and NDAs, and now it's about all these other things where before it was just like, hey, you're having a rough time. Come to my house and make you a cup of tea. Let's chill. And, you know, it was all good just a week ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 everything was simpler yeah, yeah. in those early stages where you can see the genuineness of Mark, and you can see how corruption is not a light switch. Corruption is something, uh, you know, where you are slowly being deviated off a path and then you start to lose that intimate, not even intimate is the wrong word, that genuine connection with individuals. And along the way, as you get through the episode, you're like, this man is no longer treating these people like people. And at the end of the day, that's what this is. It's people. So if the story is about mm. people, if the whole 
Christian gospel narrative is for God so loved the whole world, how far removed when you get to these late latter episodes, bruh, that's that's like the biggest like when I think of an episode, I'm just like those two stories, because I see myself in that type of narrative where I'm like, oh, it was so right. simple back then, and everything changed. Timothy, you favorite episode or story that stands out to you that really like like I I, I love what I love what uh, what Bart just said like that's fantastic to me like because I I that I resonate with that like and just before you go on there Tim, a part of me because we've all done youth ministry before mm-hmm. we've all done church you know we've all been a part of or are a part of church ministry and we know what it's like to see someone. And say, oh, there's something in that person, right? I need, I want to sit down with them over coffee. I want to I want to share vision with them. I want to invest in them. I want to bring them along. We've all done that. We've all done leadership retreats and things like that. And I love it. But a part of me is also kind of like, is that a little bit predatorial? <laughs> is that a little bit sort of like I see something in you that I can benefit from? Like I'm approaching you right, 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 for right, you. Right. Like all of these things. That I've never had to think about in my in my soul going like was I being a like not being a predator you know what I mean like not that sort of that uh, on that far reaching law level, law and yeah. order SVU sort of thing <laughs> right but like <clears throat> but like like seeking out because it's like if I if this kid or this adult is on my team then my ministry is going to be better my life is going to be easier and then if they become a problem bet i'm just going to make it harder for them to stick around so like i hear you what you're saying bart and i'm like oh my soul feels kind of gross <laughs> so it's kind of gross timothy you favorite episode favorite story uh just to tag on what you say the term is you pray them out that that is fair, that is fair, that fair. is what is said and it's like I say that just being in classes, uh, being in staff meetings where it's like, they're great, but it's like, we're praying for the Lord to move them on to something else. (laughs) And so for all of the, all of you that are either listening or watching to this, if your pastor goes, I've been praying for you. Oh Don't boy. take it. But for me, for me, the episode that I think is the watershed that shifts everything uh, is the brand. Because mm. <laughs> 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 it was like like having having worked in the church uh, world and work having to have to educate myself on a light level in the area of SEO and uh socials and everything else and it's like right now I'm speaking a little bit more of uh, Bart's uh, language itself uh, but <laughs> if Mark never sp- and this is also something that is quite telling is a regular occurrence uh, for everything is if Mark never surrounds himself with people that are specialists in a particular area, we don't have this episode. Mars Hill is Mars Hill is just another church 
that is potentially semi-successful uh, within Seattle, um, a place that, uh, as it was said, has more dogs than Christians. Uh, but it's it's something that when it's I true. think of it, it's the brand because we that's how we get to know about Mark. Um, it's the whole thing where Mark goes, it's like, I want to do a series uh, called uh, Jesus is my superhero. And the guy on his media team goes, it's like, why are you going to do that? No one's looking for Jesus, my superhero. Uh, maybe for the next two or three weeks, but no one's going to look for that. It's like, if you're going to do this off of Galatians, just call it Galatians with a subtitle. Yeah, uh, because the SEO side of things is the thing that makes it uh, stand out. It's the thing that uh, when people search on Google, they're looking for a message or they're looking for information on the book of Galatians. Uh, and so then your message pops up. Uh, and it's something that it's through that. And you listen to the interview uh, with the guy that runs uh, essentially the the Mars Hill uh, media studio itself. Uh, and it, it's just like through all of that, that's where Mark begins to pop up. That's where Mark moves from, hey, can I be your pastor? To, hey, I'm going to build my name. Uh, where everything shifts from developing Mars Hill as a church to making Mark Driscoll more known. Uh, and that itself, I would say, as an episode was, uh, for myself, is is the watershed. Because if that moment, if that team never happens, I would say we don't have the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Um, it's like Mars Hill itself could still be what his now church, the Trinity Church, wherever it is in either Denver or no, no, Arizona. Arizona. Phoenix. Arizona. Phoenix. Phoenix. Um, or oh, yeah, Arizona somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scottsdale, whatever. Um, yeah. That would be what it is where he is a lead pastor of a church that is successful but is not anything different from every other church. You're right. Uh, and. That that is, I would say for me, is the big episode uh, because it's like from that, that's when you really get to see things go sideways because the spotlight gets shined on him. And it's when it gets shined on him, he goes, oh, you're looking. Let me, let me adjust my hair. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're here because of how I speak uh, about... Uh, manhood and marriage and sex and it's like the song of songs and it's like you like that I'm crash it's like okay so let me just crank up the volume because that is getting me more clicks getting getting me more views are you All saying that metrics... Mark Driscoll are you saying Mark Driscoll is the Christian Logan Paul he's wow. just chasing she's the views <laughs> wow we... <laughs> but I mean listen no, no, but Tim, to your point, um, he sets the template for all other Every. churches now to do the exact same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Every 
like they were the first church to do this stuff and they write it they talk about that in that brand episode they were the first church to do that sort of stuff the first church to put their their audio online i remember being pulled into a oh, staff, sorry, I, I, I remember being pulled into a staff meeting and my pastor at the time putting down his laptop thing this church has a podcast I want to have a podcast by Easter. Easter was in like seven days. And he's like, I want to have a podcast by Easter. <laughs> and remember, a lot of people weren't like, we're rocking with podcasts. No. We're rocking with podcasts. This is 2008, 2010, like around that era. Right? Like, right. And like, it's only like now that many churches are doing this sort of stuff, but there was a long 10 year gap where churches were so slow on, they were still doing CDs. They were Tape still industry. doing. Um, you guys, you guys, go on, go on, go on the website and stream it from the from the website and keep the website on on your computer the entire time. Meanwhile, like they're doing things that nobody was doing. They set the template, and so Tim, I agree. Like, like that's, that's a really huge. good point. Like that's the that's the moment where everything where everything turns and the brand Mars Hill brand turns into the Mark Driscoll brand, which then turns into this whole other thing. Stefan, good to have you on the show, brother. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be good here. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's good. Every his computer works, ladies and gentlemen. He's in the building. Have to update that. Uh, Chrome. Stefan, the icon. The, Stefan, the icon. Watson. Falcon. Um, <laughs> Do you call him Farrakhan? The minister. No, I'm not the, I'm not the minister. <laughs> um, um, we're we're going through we're going through this like what favorite episode or story something that, like something that like like something that like was your sort of like oof this is the episode for me like what was what was something or a story that stood up from from the entire series um you know what I felt like every episode there was always that oof factor oh don't push but no 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 but, no, no, no 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 like but you know I liked all the shows <laughs> shut up um but that last episode where the dude is talking I can't remember who it is but he's talking about Mark wasn't a sheep he was a wolf. And then he goes, Blood. and Jesus warned mm. us about this. And I'm like, oh Blood. my goodness. Blood. Oh yeah. Blood. Blood. I was like, yo. And I'm I, you look, and then another one that really stuck out to me was was uh, and this came up a couple of times, but Mark saying he couldn't be mentored by someone whose church was smaller than his. Oh yes, yo. And and I was like, this guy I got lots to say. <laughs> this guy's refusal to to submit this guy's refusal to be taught to be mentored regardless of whether we agree or disagree with like you know some of the theology of the people that are mentioned the pipers and things like that but his just outright refusal to to do those things and humble himself and be taught and learn and be learned uh, to be taught and mentored by some of these guys who have been in the ministry mm -hmm. longer than he have is really a cautionary tale to to a lot of pastors today like you know, there is never going to be a time where we've made it. There's always going to be someone who is there who could who can be a mentor to us, who we can learn from. And I think that those are the two biggest things that that really stuck out. And then lastly, a minor thing is just the the people that were around Mark and enabled him to be the same way, and not and not like, hey, why don't you know we're getting a lot of press about these things why don't you would you you think you want to tone it down dial it back a little and just the like i'm the lord's anointed i am i am the one with the vision i am the one that god has given the gifts to and so i'm going to lead this church and i'm going to drive the bus over you as i lead this church like you're and so fun and chase we just had a, a quick conversation about this just this past week about how systems which are can sometimes be um, protecting a person right. rather yeah. than yeah, helping yeah. the person. You know what I mean? Like this whole yep. system was kind of mm -hmm. um, 
poorly orchestrated around him. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So, yeah. So those are, those are my, those are my highlights. Like me, I love the, I love the Bobby Knight episode. Oh, Oh, yes. That's a great episode. And the reason why I love it is because it, like, it's the same thing. You guys know I'm a Kobe Bryant fan, right? And Kobe Bryant has had a problematic life before his Mm -hmm. his life tragically um, was taken January of 2020. Um, but the whole thing about winning, curing all, if you win, you can get away with, you can get away with pretty well murder. Jeez. Right. And we see this with Bobby Knight and we see, you know, we hear about the abuse. We hear about these sort of things. We hear about students who want to transfer from the program and then got literally blackballed out of their state right. because they left the whole state and didn't want to play ball anymore. All this sort of stuff because they went against the, the right honorable Bobby Knight and it took so many things for him to finally be let go from the university of Indiana, but mainly it was because he wasn't winning anymore. And now, you know, I was watching, um, some of you would know the show parks and recreation. <laughs> and there's a scene in, in season three, I believe where, um, one of the, one of the, the characters, Ron Swanson, he's pretending like he's Bobby Knight and he takes a chair and he throws it across. Oh, yes. Ford, making fun of the Bobby Knight, Bobby Knight scene. And how many times do, do we do the people in the on the Mars, Rise of Paul Mars, Mars Hill podcast talk about these chair throwing moments that Mark has? He doesn't lay hands on people, but how he pulls people into offices, or how he has other people goons, you know, do his dirty work for him, or how he has people come into meetings and there's like a three on one, and there's being yelled at and things like that, and and how that whole Bobby Knight, like the Bobby Knight episode for me was like, oh my goodness, like I know people like this. I know people who can be absolute jerks, but if they speak really well or they worship really well mm. or they do audio really well or if they do website or Instagram really well, if they present a certain way of living really well, then they can get away with murder. And let's not even talk about let's not even talk about we're four black men on this on this on this podcast Facts. right now. We know that there are certain things that like even if we tried our best to try to get away with, we wouldn't get be able to get away ain't with. Ain't no way, boy. Because ain't no way. Ain't, you can have a church of a hundred thousand. And if you and if you what did you just say? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. You know, in way. Ain't no way, boy. You can have a church of a hundred thousand people. You can have a church of a hundred thousand people. And if you as a black man bought your way onto the New York Times bestsellers and it came out. That's that's it's a wrap. You're done. It's a wrap. You're done. I say it again. You're Peter done. says it. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Bob. Ain't no ain't way. That's what it is. <laughs> you ain't know what it is. Mask on. And so, like for me, like that, where that are episode, my Gucci flip flops? <laughs> <laughs> like that one. That one stood out to me because it tells you like like they were like Mark was able to do a lot of things if he was able to continue to do what he was doing well. And and they kept on kind of promoting that, like Mark the speaker, Mark the communicator, right. Mark the speaker, Mark the oh, communicator. So he was able to get away with stuff because money was coming in, because people were getting saved. He was able to get away with so much stuff. And then the other thing, the other I can't remember which episode it was, but the one where they say afterwards that they had they hired somebody to go through and take everyone's name off of stuff because they wanted to erase them from the history. Of Mars Hill, so anybody who was a part that. of the like, I've like, had to do that. Like that for me, like imagine, like like Bart. So Bart, walk me, like like you share as much as you want, right? But like, what's that like to then like literally remove someone from the history of 
own organization. Like, like you're actually editing them from audio and edi- editing them from video yeah. and editing them from website. We, what is that like? We've removed a lot of um, people and people's names off of curriculum or teachings that we've done that, at the time. And we took people's name off of website articles and publications that we had done. Um, and the way that it's presented is always they were against so th- the thing is in these cultures is the lead person the pastor is elevated to a status of i'm so high up but because i'm so high up i'm so vulnerable so we always have to protect the pastor we always have to defend him and and look out for him and an enemy of my pastor is an enemy of me so when somebody leaves Oof. No matter what the situation is, and a lot of times that whole you will talk about NDAs in a minute, a lot of that is shrouded in in conspiracy lies or math to no one really knows what the real reason is. The only thing that is talked about is that you you or they have spread dissension amongst others regarding the pastor. And so it makes perfect good sense that you know what, this was an attack on them. So we need to protect them by removing all association. And remember I talked about one of my favorite quotes was in the last episode, the aftermath about how you don't know, is your life beyond this? And that's where that idea gets perpetuated. It's like this, once you leave, you're dead, you cease to exist anymore. And so when somebody is asking you, usually there's like a general or exec, or sometimes the pastor's wife, depending how the situation is set up, they'll come to you and say, we need to remove this because it's very hurtful to, to the pastor. Um, and how would, you know, it's just not right that um, we don't want them associated with us if they're going to be berating and disparaging against, against them. So it comes from a place of like protecting and this whole idea that they are so strong on the pulpit and with the microphone, but they, inter, um, uh, uh, the inner communication among the staff and among the core lead is very much, I'm out here on the battlefield, guys. I'm so far ahead mm. from where you guys are. You have no idea what it's like. You don't know how busy I am. You don't know how much work I do. You, there's all this comparison of like, you're not, not nearly as, uh, pressured or important or vulnerable um, as they are. And that's where that whole mentality comes from. It's like, Mark, I guarantee you in the inner workings of Mars Hill would very much be like, you know, my life is so hard being the public figure of this thing. And so when you're done, when, when you get fired or you leave or whatever <clears throat> the circumstance is, that's where it comes out where it's like, you gotta, we gotta take them away because we don't want them to get shine from something that we are building. We did this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I sound like Drake right now. We look, look, look around you. We built this. We built this. Yeah, hey, look at our city. It's a college team. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, there's that, that, yeah. that homeschool pride. And, and that's where people rally around them, irregardless of, to use the Mars Hill analogy, irregardless of the, the, the uh, amount of people being run over by the bus. Bus. Regardless. So, oh, wait, Tim. No, I was just pulling. Oh yeah, yeah. Over. Sorry, sorry. Not, not <laughs> regardless. Regardless <laughs> of yes. That's so funny. For you listening, that's an in, that's an inside joke um, from the group chat. If those of you who are listening, yeah. shout out, shout out, shout out to Adam Hosky, Adam Hoskins. We love you, man. Um, 
Can we we have we have about half an hour left to talk? Can we take a couple minutes to talk about the NDA moments oh, yeah. in this show? Oh boy. Like there's a like there there is a lot of conversation about NDAs and a lot of I, I would say a lot of conversation about NDAs were a lot of it were because of this show. Right. And you know, you can be, you know, right or wrong in terms of you know how you feel about them, but a lot of the if you don't, then we're gonna make your life a living hell. We're gonna destroy your life if you don't sign this, all sort of stuff. You need to move town. You can't plant a church anywhere near this. If you plant it, I'm gonna tear it down brick by brick. Who the hell do you think you are? Like all this sort of stuff. Like, like, gentlemen, like, like, let's take a couple minutes to talk about that. Because that's something we've talked about talking about this for a while, about this sort of feeling. What are your thoughts? I got lots, but I don't want to keep talking. Please, the fun go. I think NDAs in a ministry context, I don't, I don't see, especially if there's nothing like, you know, if there isn't some sort of like, you know, uh, how do I put it? If there isn't like some sort of legal matter, right? It's not before the courts at the moment. I don't see the need for an NDA in a church. You know, if if you, if a church is asking you to sign NDA, then there's something wrong there. Everything should have been above board from time. Uh, but asking people to say to say, "Well, you're not allowed," you're, or telling people you're not really allowed. You, we don't want you talking about the church. You know, once you've left, but that you know, what are you hiding? You're the church is supposed to be open, right? Like, how are you holding them back? So I don't know, like. I don't think NDA should be a thing, and I don't know. I don't know if it was because of Mars Hill. Like, I actually would love to spend a little time trying to figure out like where the church got the idea to have people sign NDAs when they leave, and how has it become prevalent? Well, it's uh, it's like I said this in uh, the chat itself uh, that. Um, Mark Driscoll itself is the amplification of um, uh, church culture of the boomers. Uh, it is literally, it's one of those things that he basically takes everything that um, uh, we see with uh, the pastoral uh, hedge of protection oh uh, boy. and everything else on oh that end. Boy. And he basically puts it not on a loudspeaker, but like he basically broadcasts that across the internet. Uh, And it's one of those things that uh, the NDA itself is, it's a a means to an end, uh, which is to ultimately at the end of the day to protect the pastor itself. Because if you protect the pastor, you protect the church. and so it's one of those things that it's done under the guise it'll it'll be done under the guise uh of protecting the church when it is really the pastor that that is the one that is seeking protection okay. because it's one of those things that uh what i've what i've come to 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 understand is that there are a lot of uh pastors uh that uh work in churches and are in charge of leadership and managing people. And uh, the reality is, is that they never went to school for that. Uh, It's like, I was thinking about it uh, before. And I don't even know if 
what Mark went to school for. Um, but it's like they yeah, yeah, he has, yeah, he has a theology degree. Okay, yeah, and he talks about at the beginning. That's about his story and how he gets his education. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like in the yeah. first couple of episodes. Yeah, uh, and so it's it's one of those things that um, it's like we do a class on church administration, a class singular, <laughs> a class, and then and then what it is is that you you get. You get thrown into the church world and you learn the dysfunction on the job. And so then for what mm. you see and what you experience, it goes, okay, well, this is how it's supposed to go. It's like when someone leaves a church unceremoniously or unexpectedly to everyone else and potentially even to themselves the correct course of action is an NDA with some some hush money uh, to keep them uh, <laughs> keep them keep them happy on their way out so that they don't burn it all down. Uh, and so it's 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 one of those things. It's like, and I know I myself, I I would say my journey through churches itself has been. Uh, it's it's been unique, but it hasn't been like uh, like stories that I'm sure we could all like sit down at a campfire and listen to Bart tell stories for days. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not any it's not anything like that, but it is still at the point where it's like as I'm listening to it, I'm going, okay, yeah, that that sadly doesn't surprise me. Uh, that matches up with his personality itself. To me? Uh, I gotta disagree, Tim. <clears throat> this is one hundred percent a power play. Uh, there, so he he, he, no, he said under the guys. Under the guys. Under the guys. Yeah, he. But a, lot, the guys. A, lot, a lot of what Tim was talking about was like this is a very standard practice to protect the pastor. I don't think so, and at least not in my experience. And I and I would suspect not in Mars Hill. I don't think Mark was scared of anybody talking or saying anything. <clears throat> when you're in a position where there is systematic leadership abuse, they are involved in everything. They're involved in your time. They're involved in your family. They're involved in so much. And when you for whatever terms come to a place where you're like, that was the straw that breaks the camel's back. I got to get out of here. It's almost, it's a threat. And the threat is I'm going to dangle this money because we're going to be nice people towards you. And I don't want to sound jaded in this. It's just, I've also, I've received an NDA. I did not sign an NDA. Um, I signed it as Popeye the Sailor Man because I did not want to sign it. And I didn't like the idea of being offered an NDA. And I wasn't offered a lot of money. I think I was offered like a month's salary. But basically, you know a lot of information. And we're not scared of you. But you, ready, you, better, you better understand, I will make your life a living hell. Which is, which when you think of it, for a board and for a pastor to make that type of statement underlined in legalese, that is huge. Mm -hmm. But it, I do not believe in these situations where there is an aggressor 
like someone like Mark, you know, at the at the height of um, his prowess, I don't think he's scared of the person who's leaving. I think, if anything, he's threatened by them, by them um, starting something, because if somebody else leaves and showcases success, then that means he's less special, the person being the lead pastor of said church, right? So if I leave and I start a church in the same city in Seattle, then, well, Mark isn't that um, unique of a light bearer, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, okay, then it empowers others to leave. So the threat is to control your action. And the NDA mm. is also in part, you know, um, tying, basically also tying to the same idea where it's like, you're not allowed to talk about anything that happened here. Why? Because that's the secret sauce. And you wouldn't even know the secret sauce if it wasn't for me. And you wouldn't even understand how to build a church like this if you weren't even here. So don't you ever open your mouth and talk about things that you don't actually understand, but you were just witness to. And it's a threat. It's a play. Because I'm here without an NDA and nothing's ever happened to me. There's no snipers in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so I would just say in situations, not every NDA, but I say when a situation is where there is a very aggressive or abusive leader who is um asking you or the board is asking you on their behalf to sign an nda i don't think it's because they're scared of you and it's like a quick pro crow well you want to leave so you got to sign this just legally stuff i think there's a lot of undertone with that and uh yeah you got to just you have to understand you have to be able to it's the culture of the church it's the culture of that organization that would that would uh, promote something like that where it'd be like you better sign this Cause that's how it was presented to me. It was not just, okay, cool. Uh, give us the keys. Thanks. Grab your stuff. No, no. I was escorted. I was allowed to get my stuff escorted out of the building and at the car asked, and now you need to sign this. Otherwise we won't be able to give you the severance. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't sign it, I was not allowed to even go back technically. Like as if they have security, as if they, they were, I was not allowed to go back. So I was fired on a, Monday or Tuesday, and I didn't know that that last Sunday was going to be my last Sunday, and I was not allowed to go back to go and say goodbye to anybody after being there for 15 years. So that's what I mean where I'm like, it's a threat, and it's also look to all the other people. Look, do you want to be on the outs? That's what the outs look like. Mm -hmm. They can't do anything. They can't go anywhere, and they, they wouldn't give me a letter of recommendation if I didn't sign so those are the type of things where I think an NDA, it's more of like a power move where I'm like, even though you think you're getting a little bit of power by saying, finally, screw it, I'm out of here. It's like, nah, nah, screw you. Now you get the hell out of my building. That's what it is. Wow. Hmm. So, so in light of that, right, with the remaining time, <laughs> the, 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 episode, the episode starts, the, the series starts with Mark and Grace talking about you know, taking the attacks and listening to listening to the voice of the spirit and knowing that they were supposed to leave, that he's praying in one space of the house. She's praying in another space of the house. And then they both confer, like we're supposed to leave Mars Hill. In the last episode, you know, we know, we know what's coming. He has to go through discipline. They've written stuff like that. There's arguments about how this does. And then they find out, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm resigning. I'm not saying goodbye. I'm out. He's then able to, 
And then you see him go to different conferences where people are able of going and putting, you know, putting respect on his name, for lack of a better term, right? And and adding to the narrative and giving him platform and things like that. And he's able to 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 ride that pause into Arizona to start a new church. In my soul, I'm like, I don't want you to win. Right. Like, I don't want you to win. Like, you've gone and destroyed these lives. You know, you 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 built something, and then because it wasn't working for you anymore, you destroyed it. And and people are, people are your reason why people are deconstructing their faith. Your reason why people are leaving their faith. Your reason why people are leaving ministry. But yet you get to win and pretend like it never even happened. It's like the person who just leaves her family, starts a new family, and yes, it has the audacity to follow their old kids on Instagram. <laughs> But not claim them. You feel me? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just leaving. I'm starting a new family. But what about us? Listen, man, you're a different part of my life. I'm sorry. I'm out here. I'm out here on these streets. You feel me? Like, like when you think about the end of the story, he's out there in, in Phoenix. We see this one story where one of the, the kids of the old staff members goes to visit him. And he's all awkward with him because he doesn't know how to be. And like, well, your dad was this and your dad was that. Like... I get that you. Sh- I get that no no one's ever canceled. There's no such thing as cancel culture is a myth. No one's ever canceled. <laughs> Let them know. That sort of thing is a joke, right? But I do think that some people should take L's. You feel me? I do think that some people take L's. When you look at the end of the story, like what what are your thoughts on that? Like what are your thoughts on knowing that he gets to win and ride off into the sunset? He doesn't have to say goodbye to anybody. He doesn't have to go through discipline. He's able to continue to do the same thing. He's able to have people who are supporting him. And this sort of stuff like that to get him ready for this sort of stuff. He'll never have the same space of platform like he used to have. That'll never be what it was. But he gets to have something. Is that right? Is that wrong? What are your thoughts on the the end of the story, gentlemen? For me, uh, it actually, I was like, you know, sometimes denominations slash fellowships, there are some, I don't want to say benefits, but there is some sort of like knowing that if it were to happen in my context, in my tribe, um, he would have to go through some sort of discipline or his, like, you know, when people call for a reference, sort of say, you know, there's going to, th- people will know about what's happened. I think that in the, in the American Christianity, though, you have this idea that, Hey, the pastor builds the church. The church is built around the pastor. And, you know, if it all flames and goes down, well, oh, well, and we see that with Mark, with Mark, he just he rolls away, and I'm I'm 100 with you, Chase. I really wish this guy took more L's than he actually did, because he really ruined a lot of people's lives. Like in that last episode, they're talking about having panic attacks just based on what happened in that church, and you're like, that is the the wrongest thing in the world. Well, not the wrongest, but you know, it's up. It's yeah, it's yeah for sure. You. That someone was able to just run roughshod over people, um, and he's off. You know living the life in phoenix being able to to do to do things without he faced no discipline he got you know standing ovations at gateway church and he was able to continue in an in in an essence in essence continue to do what he was always doing just now he's repackaged it it's gone through like you know one of those wwe oh this isn't working here okay let's gonna repackage this guy and bring him back out again yeah like that's pretty much what it is and people people man people suffered and are still suffering and so i'm glad that you know at least where where i am we have this sort of okay well 
this isn't the ultimate justice, but there's going to be some wrongs righted here. You're going to have to, you know, prove that you belong on a platform again. Um, so I don't know. It's not right, but I, I guess we wait for the Lord to have justice one day. And I, and I, I knew that was coming, right? Like I, that, cause that's always what we kind of say. And it makes me probably because I want to see justice now. Right. <laughs> right. Like, oh, just wait on, you know, wait on the, like, and I, I listen, I get, I get that. But like, meanwhile, like, like, how do you say that to the person who's like, is having panic attacks forever and who is in counseling forever? Like, what's the, what's their justice? What's the, like, I want someone to like what their justice is coming. So meanwhile, the rest of your life is like living in trauma and PTSD mm. and they're supposed to wait for this glorious day. Like, what if they decide to no longer have faith and what's their justice? Right. Like that for me, like. Like I, I know your tone of sarcasm when you say that, but like I know there are people who are like legitimately looking for would believe that, and I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I did. I wish I did in my soul. Wish I did believe that, but I don't. I don't be- like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. It like I can't compute Jesus in that. Right. Of us, like, hey, listen, man, just wait it out, man. Hey, listen, you got, you, you, you got, you got, it's going to come one day. Like, uh, no, no, I don't know. But I, but I, yeah, I agree with you. Like, like, do you guys just move off and just kind of like just start all over again? New family. Right. Two Christmases. Wow. New kids, <laughs> brand new wife. It's all good. It, it, <laughs> it, it does, it does suck. Um, I don't know how to reconcile those two well, things. Well, sorry, when I said new wife, I meant like new church. The new wife I know is what you new mean. church, I know not what like you left I know what you, mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he, he bastardized his, his church. He left them high and dry. Mm-hmm. And the question is, you know, did he do more good than bad? Well, the ripple effect, I think there is a higher call to not just ordinance, but also, judgment for people who are shepherds rather than sheep, you know? And at the same time, Mm. it still sucks when you see them move to a new place and they see them live moderate success successfully. Um, Or if Adam was here, moderately successful. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) the the grammar police, but what does that say about us as a people? that we still flock to the contrarian type, like pseudo-masculine type, all these different things that Mark in, in, embodies. He's a strong word, faith type, all these different aspects and attributes. We enable celebrityism at the mm-hmm. core of it. Yeah. And so if he gets success, that's because the market had a place for him and the church needs to take a bigger look at who do we elevate and what do we pro- propagate as success and what do we propagate as a good leader um notoriety is not enough like being famous isn't enough being a eloquent or uh, someone who was well spoken is not enough and yet we fall for the same tropes every time it's like a really bad rom-com you know i'm like no don't go for the bad guy cuz he's going to let you down go for the good guy you know what i mean like, whatever it is whatever those tropes are mm-hmm. we fall as as believers as people for those things and you almost it's 
I hate these words about to come out of my mouth, but you almost can't even blame Mark Driscoll. He had something he felt he wanted to offer, and people showed up. That sucks Ooh. for the people that are suffering back in his, with his first family in Seattle. It sucks mm-hmm. because it's like, what are they supposed to do move to move their faith forward? And that's where the whole deconstruction conversation happened. You know, people trying to find Christ through the weeds of of leadership, organizations, boards, and and religion. How do I find Ooh. Christ in the midst of all of these things? Because although they are necessary for the longevity and success of a church, they also can be a big hindrance to a church. That's the mm. that's a tough thing to reconcile between mm. those two things, man. It's something that when I think about it, um, as much as we would love for for him to in a sense ride off into the wilderness to never be heard of from uh ever again um it's something that i i think that it's almost the very fact that he went and he started another church again and it isn't anywhere near as successful as mars hill uh from the little bit of time that we've had to interact with uh, the the impact of his psyche. I almost feel like every Sunday he gets up to speak at uh, the Trinity Church. As much as he sees people and he goes, oh, the room is full. He internally is consistently reminded of the fact that that is the only room that is full. Mm. And it's oh, that's a <laughs> and <laughs> you can't see this on camera, friends. But I'm I'm, I'm literally I am bullet time matrixing right now at that statement. Just <laughs> and it's it's something that it's like you you hear stories of him talking about like having like a hundred thousand people across at campuses across the United States. And it's now maybe like he has like a couple thousand and he's just down to that. Uh, And it's also something that he started a new church with what it appears to be relatively new people that knew of him at a distance. And at the end, the aftermath, when he interacts with was it? Uh, I can't remember his name, but his the guy's son, son, son of whoever, the yeah. son of whoever. Oh. Uh, it's like that feeling of awkwardness is that he is consistently trying to run from whoever he is that he himself would say that he left in Seattle, and so <laughs> it's it's one of those things that. It's it's almost it's almost one of those things that, that yes we want uh, this instantaneous uh, strike of lightning thunder, <clears throat> but nothing is worse, I would say, for judgment than one that is protracted. Mm. Uh, it is something where every Sunday he gets up to speak, and every Sunday 
he is reminded of all the people that he misguided. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, he would say that he is not complementarian anymore. He is not a five-point Calvinist anymore. And it's something where I almost feel like the rest of his life is being internally dedicated to undoing all the ills that he committed within Seattle. But it's something that interacting with uh, the son of uh, just reminds him that there isn't enough time uh, to be able to do it. And unless he himself wants to actually go and make amends and stand up and it's one of those things that maybe a bonus episode will come out where Mark will be like, Hey, let's talk. Uh, it's something that he still has a lot of reckoning to do. And I would oh, say yeah. he himself is, uh, being tormented, uh, every day of his life, every time that he gets up there, every staff meeting. Uh, and it's, uh, that, that itself is, is my thing. No, I think that, I think there's a, a, a good point there. Like you can only convince yourself for so long and that living, living that double truth is exhaustive. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, it's, it's an exhaustive exercise to constantly be, like I always thinking like like we'll, we'll conclude in a couple of seconds, but I always think like like Donald Trump, those sort of people, they must be exhausted, constantly convincing themselves that everybody's against them and they that they are always right. You're right. Like it's such a, a relief to kind of go like you know what I don't care. Like I did this and I can move on. It's so much more work to try to be something that you are not, and mm -hmm. maybe that's a part of the justice that every day he is draining himself. Because he's trying to be something that he isn't. Gentlemen, we got three minutes uh, to kind of close off this conversation. Round, uh, roundhouse, round, round table. What's, what's, the, what's the 30 second lesson from the show? What's the 30 second lesson from the show? The 30, like, what's or something that you like? The, the, the 30 second take home, the 30 second don't do, the 30 second thing that you're kind of grabbing from, from, from this, this series. The gospel is person to person and not celebrity to followers. And God is no respecter of persons. Like I already said, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And, uh, but for the grace of God, so go I. Mm. <laughs> I, I would say, um, I'm reminded of uh, what uh, was said at the end, where if you think that you aren't capable of, capable of this, you are most likely capable of this. Uh, and so it is this internal spot of introspection going, it's like, why am I doing this? Why do I want to see my youth group grow? Why do I want to <laughs> see? Uh, oh, levitate, 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 levitate. It's like, like why, why, why do, why do, why do I want to see a lot of people at my young adults group? Why do I want to see a lot of people uh, at church? It's this constant re-examining of, am I just chasing numbers because it looks good uh, for me? 
Uh, and it's one of those things of just consistently reminding myself that it's like, this isn't about me, uh, that um, I myself can hurt people and probably have. Uh, and it's like, it's one of those things of understanding that this isn't about me. This is about Jesus. And I need to know when to get out of the way. Mm. I think for, for me, I would... Um... I would just leave it simply the, the church belongs to Christ. And when we try to sort of like what Bart said, when we try to mix entrepreneurship and celebrityism and things like that, sort of, you know, I would say Americanization, when we try to do that and mix it with the church, it, it doesn't end well for one of two groups of people, either the leaders or the people that are, that are part of that church. And so let's, uh, as leaders, pastors, whatever, you know, apostles, uh, let's strive to make sure that um, for the glory of God solely. Amen, brother. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel you. There's no, there, I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't add to it. I think those are good lessons to know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. You have... Before we go, can we give a shout out to Christianity Today and Mike Cosper and on and those guys who are actually Yo, bet, for bet, doing bet, like bet, bet. if we had fact. sound effects for you going they did a really great job the production and everything was tremendous so we want a shout yeah. out from the House of Common uh you know good job guys except for except for some of those last songs were were were, were booty some of those last songs were fair, booty fair true true some of those last songs were kind of like yo guys you could have picked you could have picked the trap beat you could have picked something. <laughs> Can 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 it can it can it do get a trap beat? <laughs> can you get a trap beat? Yo, I'm if saying. you want to come through and speak to that, it's like yo, hit us up. <laughs> it's true. I'm saying, listen, hey, listen, we can do we listen, we know churches, we can do the same story. Rise and fall of redacted from the oh, record, wow. redacted from the record, redacted from the record. <laughs> this has been this has been an episode of the House of Common Show, season two point five. Like I said, like I said, we are working on figuring out. Uh, season three, where it's all contract disputes. It's really, it's all Andrew Jones. <laughs> the reason why we haven't done season three is because Andrew Jones is asking for more money. He's asking for more money. He's asking for his own show. He's asking for, he, he, like, he, I'm just saying. <laughs> if you know Andrew Jones, you know he's the last person to make those sort of demands. But make sure, uh, download this episode, download prior episodes of season one, season two to get re uh, reacquainted with the mandem. We are we are lining up season three. We are excited for when we we're able to finally drop and we're actually able to get back into recording. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But for now, do us a favor. If you haven't listened to the Rise and Follow Marcel podcast, go back and listen to it over the Christmas holidays or whenever it is that you listen to this, all that sort of stuff. Go back, listen to our stuff, watch our stuff, and get ready for more. This has been a special edition of the House of Common Show. And there's my son Liam in the background. We out. Thank you.